Hey guys, Evan from Jimaware. We're really happy to be supporting Coach Demayo's podcast series once again. For those that don't know, our main product is Jimaware. It's the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training in the weight room. It excels in busy team training environments, and for many coaches, it's the Swiss Army knife of their toolkit. The Jimaware is used for athlete profiling, jump testing, fatigue monitoring, and for lifting within velocity zones. The system provides real-time feedback on individual targets, plus it's got an impressive range of leaderboards. Now, for those that are after a VBT device that's affordable, for the individual and for smaller groups, we recently released our new laser-based product, Flex. Importantly, it's been independently validated and proven to be both accurate and reliable. So if you're interested in either product, or you wanna learn more about the velocity-based training and how it can help you as a coach, Check out our website or contact us directly. So in the meantime, we trust you enjoy the Coach Demayo's podcast, Outside the Rack. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information? Or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 63rd episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of GymAware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper in the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by Mississippi State University's assistant strength and conditioning coach, Aaron Duvall. Aaron, thanks for being with us today, brother. Jay, thanks for having me, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, man, ditto. It's, uh, it's been a little bit, you know, since our, our conversation this summer about everything going on in the world and COVID and how it's impacting tracking and metrics and all the stuff you guys are building down there. But before we get into the nitty gritty with all this, who was Aaron Duvall? Yeah, so uh, who is Aaron Duvall? I think personally... Um, I am a, a below average weightlifter. Um, I like to think that I'm a, a pretty laid back guy, uh, that professionally has just happened to meet, you know, all the right people at the right times and has gotten a few lucky breaks uh, and is lucky to be at his dream job at one of his dream schools right now. So, um, yeah, happy to be where I am and know who I know and be who I'm with. That's awesome, man. It's, it's always great when people find a spot that really fits for them and they, they hope that they can spend some time at and actually like build something up. Cause I think that all too often, you know, one thing that we've all talked about is like 
dressing for the job, the next job or what the job you want. But you know, the, the topic that comes up in a lot of these is a lot of people don't get to live where they work because they're always worried about the next spot. And I'm stoked that things are good there and that, you know, Mock's got a great one with her, you know, to, to help keep the ship going because it's, uh, it's a heck of a team. Yeah, she's our, our fearless leader, man. Um, I'm lucky to have her as a, a boss and a mentor. Uh, she, she keeps me on my toes with her, her caffeine-fueled endeavors every day. So, I love it. Yeah, I, I, it's awesome, man. That is awesome. But listen, dude, as a guy who, you know, is in a great spot, and, you know, for people that don't understand, like, you, you run a great internship program down there. You guys did a lot of stuff this summer that was really great with, with these young people have, have been part of expanded learning for a while now. So I'm really fired up to hear about this. You know, if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Yeah, I think, um, I think I have a, a couple examples. Um, and epiphany is a, a really strong word, but I think that, you know, there's a couple examples I can go into of just like, things that were uh, just big learning experiences for me and just big periods of growth uh, that I can single into like maybe one or two moments. Um, and I'm really gonna tell on myself uh, with one of them. So I'm going on my third year here at State. Um, this is my first full-time job. And I came here, it took a little bit, I guess, different of a path than a lot of strength coaches. So I never did a GA position anywhere. So uh, I, I didn't have too much like complete oversight or team responsibility uh, before coming here to Mississippi State. Um, so, you know, I did my master's online and uh, just spent some time doing internships just anywhere I could and uh, got to meet a lot of really good people and work with a lot of really good staffs. And I think the one, one thing that I kind of limited myself with uh, was the exposure that I didn't really get uh, going through those internships with really being able to communicate quite a lot with uh, like the sport coaches and working with head coaches and the rest of uh, support staffs. So it was pretty much siloed into like just the strength conditioning aspect. Um, so I can think of one really good example where uh, it, was, it was, I think a big just wake up moment for me um, where uh, my first summer here, so I got here uh, in July, and uh, one of my team assignments is the women's soccer team. So throughout that month of July, we have uh, summer training with them, where it, the team is only with me. They can't have any exposure or training with the, the soccer coaches. And I just basically got to thrown into a, a really good position where it's like, hey, I just get to do my job, and that's that. Um, but because the soccer coaches weren't on campus and I didn't really get to uh, uh, do too much with them or get really much feedback with them, um, I think what I ended up doing with the girls over that summer, um, and you know, we, we had a great summer of training for uh, my first, I guess, experience with uh, you know, taking autonomy of a team, but I did a, a pretty poor job on um, just the communication and uh, explaining the why and getting the buy-in from uh, the sport coaches as well. Cause I know in their position, it was a big thing. It's like, they got some guy that they don't know uh, coming in and getting their girls prepared for um, those guys at the time, their second season with the school. Um, 
So it, you know, I, they, they basically gave me a list of like, Hey, this is all the stuff that, um, I, we want you to do, uh, to make sure that we're ready for preseason. And, uh, you know, it was the kind of run the, run their fitness test every day and, you know, do a bunch of crazy runs and stuff. I was like, ah, we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sprinkle some of this in there, but at the same time, I'm going to take a little bit of my own route and do my job. Um, but I think the way that I handled it was, uh, again, not the communication wasn't quite where it needed to be. And I, I remember the first conversation uh, once the sport coaches were back on campus uh, from recruiting in August. So after the month that I trained the girls, uh, we sat down with them. And my plan was I was going to go over uh, this whole thing of like, hey, like, here's what I can uh, you know, do for you guys. And here's the stuff that we can do as we approach preseason and go into season. And um, one of the first words out of the head coach's mouth was not verbatim, but something along the lines of like, you know, man, I'm not even sure I want you working with my team. And I was just like, whoa, what? And it, it basically his defense was like, um, you know, I, I don't know anything uh, that you've been doing with them. Like, we, we don't know where they're at, um, you know, to an extent, like compliance wise, they're not supposed to know everything, but um, they also like, they just didn't feel like that I had uh, kind of gotten their buy-in from a coaching side. It was just like, hey, they were assigned this new uh, first time, full-time strength coach. And um, he was just trying to run the show and that's not what it was at all. So um, I think it really, for me, like highlighted just the, and it almost sounds like a cliche when we talk about how important communication is, but it really like kicked my ass in the sense of like, you know, needing to be a lot more proactive on the front end with communication with the other staffs outside of uh, just the strength staff or just the athletes, but like with the support staff and with the coaches as well, um, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. So um I think that that was, a, again, a big learning experience for me. Um, it was a big period of growth for me um, to go into, you know, from that and then trying to essentially kind of mend the relationship and get to where I think by the end of their tenure here, um, we had a great relationship with those coaches and uh, we still keep in touch. So that, that ended up growing a lot from there. Um, I know you mentioned uh, talking about the internship uh, that we've been able to run too. And that's something that I definitely like to take a lot of pride in. Um, and I think we've, we've talked before, uh, we, we have it a little unique here where we have our, our strength conditioning interns. Um, and I don't, again, it's not really an epiphanous moment if that's even a word, but, um, one thing that we, when I got here, um, we were approached by our engineering department from campus. And, you know, usually we, I guess as strength staffs, like we hear a lot from the kines departments, exercise science. And it was kind of funny, like being approached by the engineering department head saying like, hey, we want to work with you guys. Like we want to give you, you guys help and, you know, doing a lot of stuff with how you're, you know, monitoring and assessing and, um, you know, quantifying loads for your athletes. And, um, skipping a few steps of that story, I think that uh, a, a, the way the what we learned out of it and how it's really helped us is, uh, you know, we have our internship for our strength conditioning staff, but we also now have interns 
uh, from the engineering department too, um, that help us a ton when it comes to uh, just kind of the off field or off court side of things. And, um, you know, for me, as a, as a learning experience, I think it just went to show like how useful, um, you know, other sides of the spectrum of education can really be for athletics. Uh, like I never really thought coming here that in our engineering department would be something that like really expedites uh, a lot of the, like the reports that I give coaches or um, a lot of the testing and assessment that we do with the athletes. So uh, that was huge, man. They've been a, a big help with us too. Two really different moments that end up kind of coming back to the same sort of thought process, if you may, and that's in, in one way or another, just doing your job isn't necessarily enough. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, as you, or for me personally, like as I've uh, you know, gone through these first couple years uh, in this position, um, there's what I, what I thought was like the, the textbook definitions of like all the responsibilities of what my position would be. And I think that um, as you get that autonomy or whatever responsibility that you get kind of throughout your career, at least for me, it's like, I've learned that it's not just those textbook examples of like what responsibilities are, like it starts to grow from there. And, um, but I think that using the resources around you too, uh, that you may not even think about are uh, really important as well. Yeah, dude. And I think that that's a great lead into the second question, because as a guy who's been open and willing I mean, to go into another world, right? Like if you're talking engineering and things of that nature, dude, like I, these are, these are professions and, and things of that nature where if you tried to put me in a room with these cats, I'd look like the exorcist. My head would just start spinning all over the place. But in order to do that, you've got to be an inquisitive person who's willing to ask questions and not just willing to ask questions, but be a person who's willing to find what the next question is. I think that that's why this question has really fired me up for, for this talk today. That is, if Aaron could ask one question and he knows he would get the answer to it, what would that question be and why? Yeah, you know, I, I, went, I go back and forth on that question quite a bit. Like if I had to pinpoint one thing of like, what, what would I wanna pursue uh, from a knowledge standpoint uh, that would, I don't know, just kind of give me the answer that, that I want or that would really help me. Um, and not to, not to dodge you too much, but I, I want to give two answers again. Um, so the first one being more like professionally related, uh, I think that because of the relationship that we've been able to build with different staffs, uh, or, you know, departments here at state, uh, you know, hard to articulate this into a question, but um, at the end of the day, like our goal is to give the athletes, uh, the programs, the coaches, the best product that we can possible. Um, you know, putting tools in their toolbox to be successful in whatever they're doing. Uh, I think that if I could ask a question, like in a good example is, you know, when 
I, I didn't know how much like an engineering department could really help me do my job. So now my question is like, what else am I missing or what else are we missing or what boats are passing us by that we may not really know about that could really help us give our athletes um, that best product or those tools in their toolbox. Um, I think, you know, a quote that I like is like, the more you know, uh, the more you realize you don't know. Um, and the more that I feel like I've learned, the more I realize like I'm clueless. Uh, so getting to understand like what else am I clueless about on um, again, whether it be training or uh, involving other staffs or other departments or uh, using, you know, whatever methods to give our athletes those tools. Like what, what, what other boats are we missing uh, that we could start um, putting some, putting some emphasis on and starting to dive into to, to, to do a better job with that. Um, I think would be like my, again, professional uh, example of what question I would want asked. I hope that kind of makes sense. No, a hundred percent, man. And I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that because I think that, you know, the more that you dig, the more that you uncover, the more you're going to need to take a step back. And like Charlie said in 2019, eventually it comes down to not just finding answers, but finding the questions that you didn't even know needed to be asked. Right. Exactly, man. That's, that's it. Um, I guess my, my other, to, to take my work hat off for a minute, um, and to show my, I don't know, geek side, uh, there was like it more of like in the stoner type, like existential thoughts of like, what would be a question that I want answered. Um, spent a lot of my time or free time, like watching stupid space documentaries and shitty alien Netflix series. Um, man, I would, again, uh, totally unrelated to a lot of what we've been saying. I think it'd be so cool to know just like, we're, we're all, we're, we as people are stuck on our little bubble uh, and we're only, you know, capable of understanding so much about like the universe. I'd love to know what else is out there, man. Are there those little green guys uh, walking on Mars that we just can't see? Are there, you know, is there other stuff out there? And how does, uh, how does everything else operate? I think uh, getting a few questions like that answered would be really cool too. Yes. And as someone who grew up, in a Star Wars household, I think that that's something that I too would really like to know. Mostly because I'd really like to know if all these wackos that have been on these shows that said all of these things happened when they got teleported onto these ships, like, did they just eat some bad mushrooms or did it really happen? Like, yeah. that's just what I really want to know, you know? Exactly, man. Because they never, they never find like the, like, the person that's like, oh, they seem like a, a bright person or like someone trustworthy or reliable. It's always, yeah, it's never some stockbroker in Manhattan, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. But I don't know. I think that'd be cool to figure out too, but we'll, we'll, we'll let those smart guys try to figure it out for us while I just, you know, sit at my desk and try to figure out what other questions I can ask for my job. So. Could you imagine what strength coach Twitter would do if one of those people was actually a strength coach? Could you imagine just the slap fights on social media over like 
oh, but you don't know the context of how this person got into the spaceship or if he even went into the spaceship or whatever it may be. That would be, oh, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Oh, that'd be great. Depending on who it was, like, or where they fall on the side. I can't believe I'm going to say it this way, but how they fall on which side of the aisle when it comes to all of these arguments that people like to pretend to have on Twitter about all this stuff. Like, it would be... I actually might scroll through that and read it. I don't read any of this other garbage, but I might actually scroll through Yeah, I was going to say, that. I could take some time. I, I could waste some some time going through that for sure. <laughs> no doubt. But listen, man, like, let, let me get you out of here on this one. Speaking of wasting time and scrolling through some stuff, you know, you guys do a lot. You give back a lot. You guys have built a lot down there. You guys have done some really great things. But eventually, you got to take a breath and come back to zero, man. So... What does Aaron do to get back to neutral? What's your escape, bro? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm not sure if if my answer really qualifies as like my escape or just like my repetitive half-ass attempts to alleviate my ADD. Um, but I feel like you know when, when we leave work. Um, you know, we, we take those hats off. Uh, I, I find myself just being someone that goes through these like stupid phases of like fixating on like one skill or one topic where I'm like, I see a video on the internet. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Let me try to do that. And then I work on it. And then I find a point where I get stuck or can't get any better. And I get frustrated. So I move on to the next thing. I think like just to give a few examples of like Aaron's stupid phases of 2020. Um, I think it started off. I, I tried to go into like, uh, like programming and our language uh, and software and that, that didn't last very long. It got too, too tough for me. Um, then talking to uh, several of our engineers, uh, I, they were like inventing some, uh, you know, monitoring devices. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to, I want to build stuff. So I got like a little Arduino circuit board um, that I could, I mean, I got, all I could do is I could make it like blink a red or blue light, but I was stoked, man. It was, that was, that was a highlight of, of probably my month of February. Um, But I think my, my newest thing now, uh, fortunately, was able to just buy a house. So, gonna have to hone in on my uh, my my carpentry and uh, little household skills. So, I'm gonna have to to get a little bit better at those things. But that's just my gonna be my phase of the week, I guess. Um, I'd say the one thing that is maybe a little strange because I'm some guy from Louisiana. Uh, but the one thing that's always kind of stayed consistent that I, I find myself like waiting all year for is, uh, I, I love to go snowboarding, man. Um, I grew up, uh, on the water. So my mom was a professional water skier. So we always went wakeboarding, uh, skiing, uh, doing stuff out on the lake. And I went on a, a snowboard trip, uh, I don't know, some point when I was a kid uh, with like our church youth group and uh, fell in love with it, man. I've gone every year since. So um, that's been that, that, you know, three or four days that I can go on the top of the mountains and turn my phone off and 
uh, recharge and just, you know, fall down a mountain a few times. Uh, that's, that's a, that's the best week of my year for sure. That's rad, dude. And I think all too often people look at these and they're like, this has got to be something that you could do like any day that ends in the letter Y or every Saturday or whatever. But I think that really what makes that super cool to me is, is someone who also has limited time to do things is just like, yeah, it can be something that's like a three day weekend that you just, you know, just recharge right then. And then it's like back to it. Like that's your thing. That's what you do. And it's a blast. And that's, that's rad, man. I'm stoked to hear that. Yeah. It's nice being in Starkville too. Like as much as there isn't around here, like that's kind of nice to an extent too. Cause like, you know, it's, it's easy to go find places to, you know, find recreation somehow within an hour or so go hiking, camping or something. There's a few lakes around here, not too many people. So I feel like it's a little bit easier to unwind here than, you know, maybe a more uh, densely populated area. So um, yeah, it makes it, that's more definitely one of the bonuses of being here. That's rad, dude. Well, Aaron, man, it's great to see you. Great to hear you doing well, man. Truly appreciate your time. This is rad. Oh, Jay, appreciate you, man. Uh, pleasure as always. And yeah, hope things keep going well for you guys. And best of luck as we trial through these strange times. No doubt, man. Well, appreciate your time, buddy. We'll be in touch real soon, man. Cheers. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, man.